Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. what happens there we're getting a call on the on the obi line here john so hang on one second uh we'll get to that but uh good point on the offensive line hi it's the orange and black insider who's this hey john from kentucky how you doing anthony and john uh we're hanging in there my friend how you doing It's a it's a valid one, John, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're getting a lot of calls here, so we're gonna we're gonna get off get you off the air in just a second here. But um, I, I do I, I think it's a valid one. I think as we mentioned, Marvin Lewis has in that game had opportunities to go for it. And, you know, I can understand later in the game, maybe things are pretty tight and, you know, you kind of say, Hey, let's, let's kind of punt the ball. Let's play field position. It's raining. You know, we are at home, all that kind of thing. My thing is I'm a big momentum guy. And uh, as we mentioned here, you know, some people believe, don't believe in the, in momentum being an actual thing in sports. I, I personally, I think it's a gigantic thing. I think it builds confidence. I think all of that. And I think that Marvin Lewis, you know, you get a 50-yard kick return to start the second half after you march down the field and scored a touchdown before the half. And then you sit on the ball and punt it on a, on a third and short. I think that deflates your football team. I, I really do. And uh, I, I think you, you lose the momentum that you gathered before before the – the halftime gun. Absolutely. And, and I, I think and that's... Marvin Lewis said, he said, well, I didn't want to give the ball back to Pittsburgh right there. Well, he did give the ball back to Pittsburgh yep. right there. Yep. Yeah, he punted it, but still... On some turnovers. You know, on some turnovers. You know, me, with the talent you had, you don't have enough confidence to get one yard on the other team's 40-yard line to start the second half. I mean... The average owner in the NFL, you better believe he's having words with that coach on Monday morning. But evidently, the one we have, he's evidently satisfied with all this. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna. No, no, I, I appreciate it, John. We're gonna we're gonna finish this question off the air. Appreciate you calling in. Great to hear from you as always. Uh, there's more, definitely more to talk about here, but uh, 
Hopefully you enjoy the Sunday night football game. We'll be talking about the Chiefs in just a little bit here, so definitely stay tuned for that. Appreciate the call, sir. Um, I, you know, John, um, John on OBI, not John from Kentucky. Um, he, he makes he makes a great point in that you know, I, I, the Bengals may have deflated Marvin Lewis may have deflated his team. By going that, and you mentioned punts are kind of a form of turning it over. Yeah, punts are basically forty-yard interceptions. Field goals are turnovers with a participation point. Touchdowns are the only thing that matters. Like turnovers, they, they, they say they're only fumbles and interceptions. Punts are also part part of, part of turnovers. And mind you, it was a twenty-eight-yard punt. So it, it's like like the in an era where analytics is king, the expected risk of just going for it on a fourth and one it's so monumentally lower than just giving the ball back 28 yards down the field so that 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 line of thinking is just so outdated and i think that perfectly encapsulates who marvin lewis is as a coach yeah and and what it totally and what what i wanted to get to was you know you spend a second round pick on your quarterback you spend a first round pick on a center you spend a first a top top five pick on a wide receiver, a second round pick on another wide receiver, multiple second round picks on running backs. Granted, not everybody's on the field at this point, but you have invested a lot of draft capital at skill positions for these type of situations. And you you punt. I I just, I don't get that. We've got another call here, John. I believe it's from good friend, Andrew Seiler. Andrew, how are you, sir? Uh, we're, we're, we're reeling from the loss, but we're doing all right. Oh, me too. I was at the game, man. I was 114, section 114. Oh, wow. I almost was in tears. <laughs> hey, I what? Mean, good Lord, but I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say I love you guys. I love this show, and I love the Cincinnati Bengals and wanted to be positive. I, be- I really think, man, Dalton's going to be the MVP of this game on Sunday. Four touchdowns and four hundred yards. I'm calling it right now. Okay. Well, that that was actually where I was going with the next question. First of all, we love you back, buddy. Appreciate it. That's that's very flattering to, to hear that. But um, I will say this, uh, and I guess because you have, um, because you've you've given us a little bit of an Andy Dalton impression. I'll get I'll get to your score impression score prediction in just a second but just to harp on your point a little bit about Andy Dalton I did some math he's basically at the, he's got 14 touchdowns through six games so far this uh this year it puts him on pace for 37 touchdown passes this season who knows if he'll keep that up but that will break his own franchise record for season uh, single season passing touchdowns and um you know, I mean, that says a lot. He also he also surpassed Boomer Esiason this last Sunday for um, uh, you know passing yards as a as a career passing yards as a Bengal. So quickly, Andrew, we've got some other calls, but before we do, your your prediction for Sunday? Prediction for Sunday? Yes. Uh, thirty-five, or actually no, thirty-four. Lucky number. Thirty-four. 21. I'm going for it, man. I think William Jackson and Dre stand up. Hopefully Sean Williams can play. Jesse Bates. I mean, I think we'll all be all right. But cool. do not play Cody Core. Get him off the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Andrew. We'll, we'll, we'll get you off the air here, but appreciate you calling in. Appreciate the compliments. Right. And, 
you know, hopefully the next game you go to will be will be have a little bit better results. Oh yeah, I'm hoping. Thanks, buddy. Uh, we've missed we missed a couple of calls. I apologize uh, if if I missed your call there. Call back. We'll get to you. Like I said, we want to make this pretty listener heavy. We do have one going on. Any additional thoughts about Andy Dalton, John? With uh, what Andrews had to say there. Yeah, 400 yards and four touchdowns is enough to get past Mahomes. I'll take it, but I do think that's probably what Mahomes is going to get as well. It's just two of the worst defenses in the NFL. And on a Sunday night stage, if he does that, then I think he'll answer or at least snuff out a lot of narratives because this is going to be a shootout, and it might have a lot of long drives, but in the end, it's going to be probably around 700 total yards of offense between two teams. So that's going to be the performance that Dahl really needs. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't watch the the Patriots Chiefs game, and I, I, you know, luckily I was doing something kind of unique and fun myself uh, Sunday night. But um, it was it was it, that score. We kind of my brother and I were together, and my you know we kind of kept our eye on the score. And we're going, oh my god, this is crazy. Um, you know, this is uh, obviously this this could this has all the makings of a shootout going forward. The Bengals' deep passing defense is one of the worst in the league, and the Chiefs' defense, I believe, is the worst in the league. So uh, that you know, that's and Andy Dalton's having a good year. Patrick Mahomes is having an outstanding year. So a lot to talk about there. We're going to get to that in just a second. We've got another call on the OBI line from our good friend Terrell. Terrell, how are you, sir? Hanging in there. How about you? Oh, Why is that? not the craziest idea in the world we'll get you off the air here Terrell I know uh my buddy John here is a is a is a good uh film guy and draft guy so we'll talk about your question off the air appreciate you calling in my friend um John uh, you know I, I, I again we're I think we're giving up on John Ross a little too early in my opinion now I think if we're talking this point next year early in the season before the trade deadline and John Ross still has yet to make an impact, then I think that's a viable conversation. I think we need to give him, you know, a, a full game, a full year schedule at least to kind of see, and, you know, a year later trading a number nine overall pick for a mid round pick. I don't know if that makes sense. And who knows if there's even demand out there at, the, at this point for him, 
So that's one thing. Um, I do think Terrell has valid points with guard, tackle, tight end, linebacker being the team's biggest needs. Your thoughts on both of his areas he brought up. Didn't we just have this conversation two weeks ago? Feel like it. <laughs> I, I, I get it. He's, he's, in, he's injury prone. He, he can't stay healthy. It may not be the extent of Tyler Eifert, but you know he, he runs, he pulls a muscle. It, he's out for two weeks. I get it. Still, he's 22, years, 22, 23 years old, and he has immense value to the offense. Give, give him time. We just had this conversation two weeks ago. I, I'm not going to continue on about that. Um, yeah, but definitely right tackle, right guard, any linebacker who can play in space, definite needs for the Bengals. And John Ross is still needs for the Bengals. And if they get rid of him for a, a second or third on pick, the odds of finding another guy who can do what he does when he's on the field, it's, it's, it's minimal. So I, I, I don't agree with it, but I, because of how much needed he is in the offense, because the Miami game, I think was noticeable. And I think they could have had a lot more success against the Steelers in the passing game with Ross on the field. So give him time. Like yeah, year two, I'm not open to it, especially in a year where you've already lost Eifert. Croft's going to be gone for a long time. Um, you saw what Cody Core did when John Ross wasn't on the field. Uh, Josh Malone, who I was really big on, has done nothing. Um, it's basically been the Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green show. So, and I think both yourself and our good friend Joe Goodberry have shown some things on Twitter and whatnot to see, to show at least what he does as a decoy, what he brings as a decoy on the field because of his speed. So I, I think you still got to say, hey, you know, the Bengals, if you say if you if you match up AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and John Ross as a trio of wide receivers against much of the league, I think that's a top three, top five trio in terms of overall talent and everything in this league. So I think I think you gotta leave that alone, especially with the Eifert injury, the Croft injury, and all of that. I I totally agree with Terrell's assessment of needs, you know, mm -hmm. I think, and I, I wrote this in a post on Cincy jungle. I think that man, you know, that middle part of the defense, the linebackers, even some safety help. I mean, uh, there's they, they still can't cover tight ends. Uh, well, they can't cover a uh, Kenyon Drake had a receiving touchdown against them the week prior. They need those athletic guys. And whether that's a tweener safety linebacker, like a Dion Buchanan or, like what, uh, uh, who is it, Mark Barron does for, mm -hmm. for kind of the Rams. I mean, whether it's getting a guy like that, they need to have someone there. And I, they have Bates, but Bates is learning on the fly right now. Right. Um, you know, I, I just kind of think that they need some of these guys and uh, some of those types of guys and, in, in today's NFL. And I, and I think that it was, it was like an anonymous defense coordinator was on record saying today that, the modern NFL defense is more focused on forcing turnovers than limiting yards because of the way that the offense offensive game has evolved. So I understand that, you know, every team gives up a lot of chunk plays over the middle. That's just, just the way that the offenses, you know, are operated now. But at the same time, you still need to have playmakers who can cover lots of ground over the middle of the field. And that's just something that they don't have, you know, for the longest time we've been asking for them to get those space players, whether it's linebackers or safeties, that can cover a lot of ground from number to number, from sideline to sideline, and they just they just haven't been able to get that. And I, and and to add on to Charles' point, I also think that another edge player might be needed because Jordan Willis still hasn't shown really anything. And for as fun that Sam Hubbard has been, you know, in the splash plays, 
Eastland used to show that he can produce pressure as well because sometimes it's 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 just Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlap doing it all, and there's no one really behind him that force any consistent pressure. I think Willis is kind of on the hot seat here because he hasn't been dealing with injuries, but he hasn't really shown the necessary progress pass rusher. Yeah, and I, that was another guy I was excited about. You know, it kind of reminds me uh, back in, gosh, what was it, 2012, when the Bengals selected both Devin Still and Brandon Thompson. I thought both those guys would be, you know, really good players for this Bengals defense, and Thompson was okay at his peak and still – God bless him for everything he's been through yeah. and everything. I mean, I, I can understand why football took maybe a back seat at times, but um, you know, you kind of hope that being a big, what was he, a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year at some point for yeah. Penn State, you kind of figured he had he had uh, a bright future. But it is what it is. Um, we're, we've we got a, a lot of questions. I apologize if we didn't get to everybody's call. We had other calls that we, we just couldn't get to. If, if you have some, we'll continue to try and take some uh, as we close up here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Chiefs in just a second. I do want to talk about this though, John. This was a question we received on Twitter at Bengals OBI from our good friend Carlos Andre. Uh, it's there's two things that Carlos Andre brought up. Of course, it's uh, hashtag fire Marvin time, and he wants to get that to to go viral. We we talked about Marvin quite a bit on this episode, but it's also out in tape time, my friend. Out in yeah. tape, um, Cody Core dropped a ball that uh, I mean, you could have handed you. Yeah, I don't think you could have handed the ball off in a more perfect spot than the ball he dropped on a third and long. Yeah, I mean, it was in stride. It was lofted up nice, right between the numbers, and just absolutely drops it. Then there was another one. Tougher catch, contested. He got hit, drops one that would have been another first down. The, the, the big one, the third down one, that was huge. I mean, yeah. that, was, that was just gigantic. And, I mean, you don't want to crucify the guy because he's had limited opportunities as it is. So, I mean – difficult but at the same time big game big situation you know your number is going to be called at some point because john ross is out you got to step up right so now you have tyler eifert hurt tyler croft hurt cores core and malone have been ineffective so now there's a lot of calling for out and tate carlos andre says uh do you think they should have activated tate uh, one could argue he isn't prepared, but come on, worse than Core, who didn't catch a pass for almost two years. I bet he isn't. Um, you kept him for a reason. You mm -hmm. like his size. I don't know. Yeah, and the routes that Core ran, like Auden Tate may not be that refined as a route runner, but I have confidence that Tate can at least box out defenders at that point. Just It was like a simple... Little, little little post route and a little over the middle oh, yeah. route. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a little like it's not too. But it would have been for like twenty yards. I yeah, mean, exactly. It was, like, it was a big play. Like that's a that's a catch that Tate at Florida State made in his sleep, and for all right. the for all the knocks that were on him, you know, that's a play that even I would expect him to make. And just it's it's just like if he if he can't get activated over core who who's on the team mainly for special teams, but if he if if if, if he's like as bad as they say he is in practice, like I just, it's kind of scary to me. And obviously this is the avenue that we've been down before with young players under Marvin Lewis, who maybe aren't as bad, like in, not in practice as the narrative may seem to be, but it, it's just, it's just odd that, you know, with Ross injured, 
with the struggles from core that we just haven't heard anything about Tate at all in practice. And, you know, it, it's, it's just hard to predict that changing until we see it happen because like with any Marvin Lewis decision, it's just impossible to foretell what he's going to do and how he's, how he's going to build a team week to week just, just from what we see in the past. But yeah, I definitely think that Tate, you know, he, at this point, if Ross is still unhealthy, when with what core showed, you know, at the very least it's Malone's time to get some targets. And if, again, if he doesn't do well, then you have to turn to Tate at that point because you have seven receivers for a reason. You might as well use them all until you find one competent replacement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, core was one of those guys, height, weight, speed. You liked, you know, he didn't have a lot of college production, but you like what he put out there. He was a special teams guy that Marvin Lewis always covets at the back end of running back and wide receiver groups. So that's why he made the team. Uh, Adam Tate's still raw, but I would not be surprised, especially if, you know, Croft remains out for a while. Obviously, Eifert's on IR. Um, maybe John Ross misses some more time. I would not be surprised as the season goes on if you start seeing out and taping on the active list. I just now whether that means he's going to get a lot of passes his way or whatever and take advantage of those opportunities. I don't know, but um, I would not be surprised if down the road, especially with injuries and all that stuff, if out and Tate. Uh, goes forward. We have a, another listener question that segues nicely into the Chiefs preview. Thank you all for your calls, your texts, your comments in the YouTube chat, live YouTube chat, and Twitter, all of that, and uh, all of the kind comments uh, that you always give us on this program. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, a part of SB Nation's national network. We're proud to be a part of that. You can get this program on iTunes. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it on cincyjungle.com. It's also available on Art19. So, uh, we're not on SoundCloud anymore, but Art19. And we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. I mentioned iTunes. And uh, so number of different mediums. Check us out. And uh, we want you, if you're able to join us live, we have a live YouTube stream every week. We do this show. That is available on our YouTube channel, so subscribe and get alerted to that. Or uh, we're on cincyjungle.com every week as well, so you can check that out. Uh, we appreciate all of the support. Obviously, um, there's been a lot of excitement with uh, and um, some new faces around these parts because of what the Bengals have done this year as opposed to other years. And uh, it's also good to hear from and see some of the old faces from a long time ago and uh, from the beginning of this program showing up uh, both on the phone lines and whatnot. Hopefully we can talk about a win next week. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Gazenza. Get this program how you can. Thanks for all of your support. Get all of the opinions, news, analysis, updates, and everything at cincyjungle.com. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. And hopefully we're talking about a win. Who day folks. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. 
Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>